2: real quick before we start the show just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our patreon even for a buck you can listen to the show two days early go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there check it out and uh yeah enjoy the episode hey guys welcome back to another episode of analog talk a film photography podcast i'm your host tim i'm chris and today on the show we have jamie swick hey jamie hi jamie hello hi
0: Thanks for having of me. Of course. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> so do you mind giving our listeners an introduction who you are and how you got into photography
1: sure um (laughs) do you want me to go all the way back let's do it it. yeah (laughs) okay all right (laughs) well i grew up in a really creative environment um Mm. i've known art like my whole life and film cameras were always part of that like I'm a product of the 80s, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm sure yeah. you guys are like, no, like an analog world is all that we had right. for yeah. 20 years. <laughs> and um, I, I grew up with these really phenomenal people on my mom's side of the family. They're all artists and makers of some kind. So um, there was never a doubt about creativity being part of who you were. I was really into drawing back then when I was little. I wanted to become an animator for Disney. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was really my goal, but... My dad had a camera, and he was always taking pictures of stuff. So I think subconsciously I sort of stored that away. Looking at my my childhood memories, it's like I was always drawing or playing outside, doing something imaginative, and he always had a camera, kind of keeping track of that. So um, I think it was the Minolta X seven hundred. I want to say that's it's a what great it was. camera. Yeah, he gave that to me when I was a little bit older. But I was maybe fourteen when I first really started thinking like, oh, photography is really cool. My parents sent me to Australia when I was fourteen without them. Wow! <laughs> <And> Bye. I- <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <Yeah. laughs> They're like, all right, have fun. Bring bring something cool back. But uh, that was the first time I ever got the sense of wanderlust and what wanderlust Mm. can do to somebody Mm. when they have a camera. It was a really formative part of my life. And the reason, my understanding of the reason that they sent me is because a couple years before, I had been through this really dramatic physical trauma. Um, I was crippled all of a sudden. I was in a wheelchair, oh, almost no. died. It was really intense. And I, you know, as a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s, I was obsessed with National Geographic. And that's how I really learned how cool Australia looked. So I think that as their way of being like, oh, you know, you, you made it through, you got over this hump that was really difficult to uh, to overcome. Why don't we kind of give you some of your childhood back? Wow, <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. Do the special thing. <laughs> I'm very fortunate to have had that as like a, a foundational point in my life mm-hmm. and also sort of a turning point in my life. Because the, I don't know, the, the way that you look at the world after you go through a trauma like that is something that's indescribable. Yeah. So to be given that gift of awe and hope again... And to be able to document that with film was so special. I was very fortunate to survive, but then even more so to be able to appreciate that. Wow. As a little kid. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, like approach things like a, like a grown-up. Right. Yeah. Jeez. That for me was the turning point to say, Oh, travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <All> right. This <laughs> <Yeah>. is cool. <laughs> Want to do that. And I would really like to keep taking pictures. So. In high school, I learned how to do foundational like black and white photography. We had art majors at my high school, even though it was public. Oh wow! Not sure if that's still a thing.
2: Probably not. Unfortunately. Yeah, I was gonna say. Mm-mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that system works anymore. My guess is that kids are like, "You're yeah, right." Yeah, but- yeah. <laughs> it was such a good way to learn. Who you were as a photographer at a really young age, and I had these two really wonderful teachers who, to this day, I credit for being kind of the guys who taught me to think and look around like an artist. Wow. So if they hear this, Eric Hotelling and Mike Kelly Mm -hmm. are like my two MVPs. Mm. (laughs) They're the guys. I'd say the two of them really encouraged thinking outside the box of photography, not just like kind of... Traipsing around high school and taking pictures of just your friends, but to think beyond. Um, yeah. One of them was really into negative space. That was a big thing for him. And I noticed today that even in the way that I make photos, I focus on that a lot. Oh. I'm not sure mm. if I intend to, but it's there. So he did his job well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love when things yeah. like that stick. Like, I. Yeah, yeah. When you're taught something and it's just like. You know, kind of like subconsciously, just there, like it's something that you. Right. Oh, it's such a good thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was, it was Eric Hotelling actually. It was it was my art teacher, not just the photography teacher. Ah, cool. But he did everything. <laughs> um, and I didn't pick up on noticing that pattern until about a year ago. But that being said, in high school, because I had wanted to go work for Disney, I wound up going to art school. They really pushed me going to do that. But when I got to, I went to Ringling School of Art and Design, and. Talked to people at Disney and they were like, Oh, you need to learn how to do computer animation. Everything's going to be on computer. Mm. And in my mind, I was like, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I want to do that. And yeah. I truly, at, at my core, didn't want to. Yeah. I wound up switching schools and doing illustration and photography, moving across the country to California to do it. And that was way more my speed. <laughs> So, in in the traditional practices of going to art school and learning the the kind of basics, and then being in a city environment that's big and crazy and really intense and overwhelming was a really interesting way to learn about art. I think Chris, you went to art or you went to f- photography school, right?
0: Yeah, we, we we didn't really focus on the art aspect. It was more of a technical teaching of like photography and the process. I I, I wish there was like some some more like art related classes but yeah it was all it was all basically just to learn how to you know tackle the technical
1: side of it that's the part i wish i had paid more attention to <laughs> 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 i'm such i'm such like a dreamy minded like romantic that the if things don't kind of come naturally for me i'm like oh, i don't want to pay attention to it but at the same time right. i see that skill and i see that you know that reverence for the way that these incredible tools work and i admire it so much but there's something for everybody.
2: Dude, I feel yeah. I feel right there. Uh, yeah. I feel right there with yeah. you on that. I'm such like a kind of like a creature of habit kind of thing. Like I do even like picking up music and stuff again. I've been doing a lot of music writing and, and it's just like if something gets to the point where it's a little too technical out of my reach, I'm just like, hmm.
3: <laughs> move on to
2: something yeah. else that's not fun i want to have fun like the point of this is fun man
1: yeah yeah life is short might as well do the stuff that's exactly gonna be, make us really happy mm-hmm. and you know really get your blood pumping along the way so so yeah i did i did the art school thing i wound up moving back to the south pacific for a year i lived in new zealand and wow. when my visa was up there I moved to the Northwest. I had some friends who were from here, and I've been here ever since. So I'm going on like 15 years now. And when I got to the Northwest, it's kind of when I really started my instant film thing, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's I hate the word journey. It's so overused, but it's it is kind of a journey. It's a journey mm-hmm. for
2: sure. There's yeah. Yeah. yeah, for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you're 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 catching the this travel thing, but the reason I wanted to travel so much is because of what happened when I was sick as a kid. I was really afraid mm-hmm. of not living life well, and I had had the second chance to kind of make the most of it if I could, which meant that I was usually really poor and usually <laughs> pretty excited to travel somewhere. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I was on this trip. And I didn't have any cameras at all. I was in Hawaii. My ex-boyfriend and I, hi Matt, went on this <laughs> awesome trip, <laughs> and we camped around Hawaii for a month. And it was bonkers. And I don't have a single photo of it. Yeah. Uh, You know Uh, that feeling when you're like, oh, why did I do this to myself?
3: Right. Yeah.
1: So um, when we got back, my my kind of vow to myself was, if you're going to be doing this stuff, you know, it's not for anybody else, really. But if you're going to do it, take pictures of it, because you're going to want that later in life, no matter what age you are. It could be a year from now. It could be 10 years from now. And I was like, hmm, what's the easiest way to get this done? And I was like, oh, Polaroid. And that was right at the end of Polaroids, kind of, you know, crash and yep. burn heartache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was scooping up as much film. It was $3 at the local grocery store in Portland. Yeah.
2: Oh, wow. man, I love that.
1: Oh, I wish those days were still I around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Yeah, scooping it up left and right. And then I discovered Instax film. So I kind of went on like an Instax binge. But back mm-hmm. then you could buy, um, pack film for super cheap. And that was yep. sort of my like drug of choice where I was just like peeling yeah. left and right. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just having the time of my life with these $5 thrift store cameras that required Ugh. like nothing. So Jeez. that is when I was really, that was, so that was 2009, the beginning of 2010. So this has been sort of a 10, 11 year like love affair of instant film, and I've slowly sort of created this world where I see in Polaroid film only now. (laughs) That's how I look at things. But along the way, I've amassed thousands of photographs that I just have adored no matter what brand it was. So I hope if anybody's listening and they're like, which one's better? They're all good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they they are. are.
1: They all have their own thing. You know, there's something for everybody with instant film, but... My personal preference is that the dreamlike quality that Polaroid film makes, especially now, is yeah. something that you can't get anywhere else. And it is an obsession. I can't <laughs> describe I it any it. other way.
2: <laughs> Dude, I totally get that. Yeah. The obsession is is thriving in my little I wish I could take my camera off and show you the uh, summer of 2020 was like I am hoarding yeah. as much Polaroid film as I possibly can like I went I went crazy you you, like, you, you,
0: were, you were like I just dropped $300 on yeah. Polaroid I was like yeah. what
2: and that was that week I was, yeah, just, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like I don't I mean, you know, when you have, like you said, you see in Polaroid, mm-hmm. you know, like you you see, you know what that vision is. And I I do too. Like I love instant photography. I just feel like it's such a part of my, like there's always one in my bag, even though it was 31 degrees out today, I still shot one SX-70 shot, shoved it in my pocket, zipped yep. up my sweatshirt, buttoned my jacket yeah. and kept my arms crossed <laughs> while I walked home because I, you know, it's just what we do because that's how... Special How did come that out? film. oh it was great it was um it's just a building like oh. another building it shot looks, it looks great though black and white you, or is yeah. it color it's black and white yeah Mhm. oh yeah
1: new
0: film you got is
1: good. I, i've gotta
0: <laughs> i've gotta get back into black and white polaroid because i i don't know for a while i thought it was like too faded like it didn't have any oomph
2: Dude, to their, it. New, mm-hmm. their new stuff is just so punchy like Ooh. it's just it's gorgeous it is it, it almost has like a large format wet plate ish kind oh, of cool. look to it yeah. like I always felt like because I was just having this conversation with my stepdad because he was like you know I've tried I've tried the 600 cameras I've tried this I've tried in stacks and he he just doesn't click with it mm. and I'm like you need to just I was like I have four of them I have four SX-70s just come down yeah grab one And just I got plenty of film, grab a couple packs and just go have a moment with it. Like Mm, mm -hmm. I feel like the now film, now Polaroid film is a little tougher on the 600 aspect of things like to just kind of point and shoot. Like Mm -hmm. I've always had problems with that. Like I need an SX-70 and I need to either shoot the SX-70 film or I don't know. I just always have better luck with the lower ISO stuff. I I don't know what my beef is with six hundred. <laughs> I'll I'll shoot it, but I don't know. I just love it. I it's love it. It's a
1: different it. beast, though. You're right it about is. that. It is. It is. It's a different. Uh, I don't know. It's got a. It's got a crisper. I mean, usually like one hundred and sixty is a pretty beautiful film across the board, like portrait four hundred yeah, yeah. versus hundred and sixty is like night and day, for as far as I'm concerned. But with Polaroid, I feel like you really see it. And yeah, people yeah. are dedicated to just shooting SX-70, and I see why.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I realized I only had like two packs left, so I bought, you know, they offer, it's like one, three, or five on right. the Polaroid website. So I was like, you know what? I'm getting 10. Like, I'm <laughs> going for it. Because the the SX-70 color film, you know, we had uh, Shelby Diamond on the show forever yeah. ago, and she right. does a lot of Polaroid stuff. and. She said it when we were recording with her that that film is just different. The SX70 film is just different, and I never really thought of it mm-hmm. until then. And now I see it. The colors—I just feel like the colors pop so much more. And I—I I guess it's probably just—I mean, mentally, it's like grain is less in a lower ISO film, so maybe that's—I don't know. But it—it it, it just hits different. It's—it's—it's it's, mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. It's all I want to shoot.
1: Just the other night, I was going down like an SX-70 hashtag rabbit hole because... <laughs> oh, I, that's I mean, fun. You guys probably know how that is. I'm sure people yeah. listening yeah. oh, yeah. know what that is. <laughs> but I was like, I have three 3 SX-70s, all of which are broken right now. One of them oh, produces no. like really dreamy pink colors, so I'm not changing that on purpose currently. But yeah. I was always <laughs> stuffing it with 600 film, or yeah, with film in the, in the ND filter, and, and mm-hmm. I was like, ugh. Oh, these pictures look so much cooler. Like the color is just so much prettier. It's just pretty. I don't know a yeah. better yeah, way to describe it other than that. And it's cool when there's like an older person who sees me out and about. And they're like, I have that camera in my basement. And, you know, I haven't touched it in 40 years or whatever. No, you can't find film can, for Can that. I have it? <laughs> yeah, right. I think about that constantly. Can I have it? <laughs> just this morning, actually, I was out <laughs> taking pictures of a cow and this old guy cruised up behind me, and there's all these ducks where I live. And he was like, are you a birder? And I was like, yeah, I'm a birder. He goes, are you a birder with Polaroid? And I was like, uh-huh. He goes, oh, those are obsolete. <laughs> and I was like, well, actually, they have film again, and it's really beautiful. And he's like, ah, I haven't touched mine. And I was like, I got to write this guy's license plate down because I yeah, need to contact him. Yeah, you're like, yeah. what's
0: your phone number? I'll come get it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so maybe um, maybe that guy's out there and- I'll magically yeah. get whatever collection
2: he's hiding. I love that. I love saying to people that, you know, oh, you could still get film for that. I mean, especially people say that a lot with every camera, but when they see an SX70, they're, it's either like I had one of those. Yeah. My grandparents had one yeah. of those. My, and I'm just like, here, I like, I always just shove it in their face and I'm like, look at it, hold it, like, yeah, yeah, Feel yeah. it because you're going to want to get it exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That's what I want people to want to do. I want people to. Mm-hmm see that and go, what is it? Even if they're yeah they've never seen it before because it's a totally different experience and everyone is excited. Like across the board universally, Polaroid does something to people that no other camera I think does. Yeah. It makes people feel nostalgic and it's mm-hmm. a very sweet sensation.
0: Yeah, I feel I always feel very grateful that the people that came together to create impossible project we owe them so much oh yeah we owe them so much as a community because can you imagine if if these ca- beautiful cameras were just useless you know yeah, like
2: shelf pieces shelf shelf queens yeah
0: <laughs> ooh, ooh, just makes me like uh, i don't want to live in that reality
1: i can't imagine a world without it and i know some people could hear that and think like oh please it's just a camera but it's a tool it's a tool that you use to create and it's something that uh, is like another limb for me and i know a lot of other people out mm-hmm. there who feel as fondly as as i do for them and i i hope that the best success comes to polaroid and everybody over there now and yeah. everybody right who's right. trying to keep things like super sense like keeping pack film kicking yep. <laughs> so yeah um, yeah i'm gonna keep hoarding film probably for as long as i'm alive yeah 100 <laughs> yeah but in the meantime <laughs> yes yeah, so do you have like a What's your
0: What's your process? Do you have a, a, like a, a bunch of cameras that you use, or do you have one and that's
1: it? Um, I have a lot of cameras, <laughs> so cool. My, cool. <laughs> I, yeah, I I started with you know like the the reporter was the one that I started with oh. for mm. PacFilm. film, and I've kept that around for a long time. I've got a lot of land cameras, but currently, I guess in like the pandemic year of photography. My go-to has just been the SX-70 and my SLR 680, but I have a closet in the hallway here that's just like a whole shelf just of cameras, and I'm like, I have an idea for you, and you,
0: and you. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: and with all that hoarded film, I also have ideas in the back of my mind about how I could make everything come to life, but that's another story for another day, I think. (laughs) I live very rurally. I live on the coast of Oregon, and Mm -hmm. it takes about... 20 minutes for me to get down to the water. But along the way is a really beautiful drive. And getting from, you know, home to where I'm trying to go for the day usually involves just kind of very slowly driving around rural roads and looking around. I spend a lot of time going slow and just looking. And thankfully out here, atmospheric, conditions very very quickly and i think that that's probably the best asset that i have in the way that i approach things um if i know there's going to be a ton of fog i'm out the door (laughs) like if i know there's going to be a break in the clouds i want to be outside somewhere and i don't have a particular approach other than i know the locations where the rise in elevation causes crazy effects with the sky and that's a big um that's a really big influence for me to To kind of go out and just keep my eyes peeled. I love it. And then just, I don't know, keeping keeping myself engaged by trying not to get bored of what I'm doing in the same places over and over and over again mm-hmm. is yeah. something I've had to add to that sort of, I don't know, approach. I guess you could just call it an approach, like leaving the house, not setting myself in stone has been super helpful because when I do that, I get really upset and I don't take very good photos. And, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> leaving myself open to be like, what happens if we go this way today? And that's been the one blessing of like, the pandemic is that I've had time to do that. And I've been afforded the opportunity to build that skill really well.
0: I was gonna say what you said about like, going the other way is like, such an important thing. Because I, you know, I've always I get stuck in my head and be like, well, I can't go that way. Because I don't know where it goes. Or like, you know, just. Getting out of your own way is like a huge thing. Like just go the other way and see where that leads. You know what I
1: mean? Yes. Uh, You said it perfectly. Getting out (laughs) of your own way. It's so easy to just um, be uh, stuck in a habit or to think like, oh, it won't be worth it. Or Mm -hmm. it's going to, there's going to be X, Y, or Z outcome. And usually those are in our imagination.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And those things wind up missing all sorts of wonderful things that could happen. Just this morning, I was like, oh. I don't want to do this. What am I doing? It's cold, mm-hmm. but the sun is going to come out. And I took like 20 pictures and I, they all came out great. <laughs> if I had just not, or if I had listened to myself in that way.
2: Yeah. I would have been
1: really disappointed. And I saw a ton of animals and it was really lovely.
2: I think of that every day when I I take, I try to take a daily, like a daily walk, you know, and even if it's just 30 minutes down to get a cup of coffee from the Mm -hmm. convenience store and walk back. And I almost had myself convinced today that I didn't need to. And then I thought about it. I was like, man, yesterday, yesterday, I had one of those days where it was just like, I could have taken 30 shots. I probably did of the same stuff that I always shoot but it was just like the music was right that I was listening to it wasn't absolutely freezing and the sun broke the clouds were moody you know I was just it's just crazy like how it all just changes you know if you just kind of let go and let yourself i remember chris you were just not too long ago i don't know if it was when you got when you got your leica or maybe it was before that you were just like i don't want to shoot palm trees i want to do something different <laughs> Or so, i forget what we were talking about and i was just like damn it just go like yeah. just go but and do
0: i will photograph palm trees
2: forever uh, that's, please do I, I, you same. know like, you know
1: yeah yes yeah. i think la's is like the palm trees are like to like Northwest fog photos where I'm like, I just
0: can't get enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, it comes to a point where you're like, all right, I have this palm tree, I feel like. <laughs> I gotta find another palm tree. Yeah. Maybe I'll do a zine on just palm trees. I don't you know. You should. That would <laughs> be awesome.
2: I would love Please that. Please do. I'm a big
1: fan of like solo ideas, like a monograph for zines and books. So Yeah.
0: yeah. Ooh, okay. My wheels are turning now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Even when I looking back from my photos from when I came to LA and visited and stuff like that I had 57 palm tree pictures <laughs> yeah. and like a lot of them were like three of the same yeah. batch of palm trees <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it was like, because it's me, it was in black and white. So yep. <laughs> it was just like, why? But now I look back at those, just like kind of around roundabout what you were saying at the beginning about, you know, not you wish you would have had a camera. It's like, mm-hmm. damn, those are memories, even though they're not ever going to be award winning photographs. They're just like, they mean something to me, you know, like yeah.
0: I was listening to a conversation on Clubhouse and it was somebody who was fairly new to f- photography, I think in general, But he was he was I thought of you, Timothy, because he was a musician who went on tour and he was like, I have no photos of it (laughs) because I just wasn't into photography. I didn't even like if I can go back in time, you know, and I was like, oh, that's rough. That's
2: that's my biggest regret. I mean, I did that for like 98 to 2008 or something like that or 2007. Not I have three shows on VHS and they're yeah. like mediocre not even good shows zero pictures some pictures that were given to me that like mean a lot to me that but I didn't take them yeah you yeah imagine? that's like, what
0: he said he's like he has some some pictures because somebody else had took them but he he like I didn't document it and I was like yeah ah,
2: I just wish I would have been in that headspace then yeah. like I, I wish I had just hearing like Jamie's story of like school and art and mm-hmm. it being like like I I didn't have that and like it bums me out because I've always wanted to be that guy that was like went to art school and did this and did that and I wish I could be more uh, poetic with my art you know yeah, like yeah. I wish I had the words to express what I'm feeling but I don't so I do the best I can with twiddling on a guitar and pushing a button you know mm-hmm. and that's the best I can do and it it really satisfies that, that itch, but I always wish I was, like, more romantic with it. Like, I had the words, like, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know why I'm crying right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's a lot of crossover, I think, between, like, the... So I grew up was, like, a punk kid and... I think a lot of mm-hmm. people today Same. would be like, really? <laughs> but um <laughs> like, like I, I understand that world really well. A lot of my friends were in bands or like tour managers, and everyone I've talked to as an adult is like, man, if we just had more pictures and not mm-hmm. just from mm-hmm. other people, but for themselves. So if there's any young musicians listening wanting to travel in like a post-coronavirus world, yeah. bring a camera.
0: It's gonna make you really yeah. psyched. <laughs> you can use your phone but bring a camera yeah. mm-hmm.
2: or hire your best friend that you know is like completely exactly. obsessed bring somebody <laughs> with on photography. tour yeah because that's that, that's what I was going to say when we were talking about that is that um, I saw one of my favorite bands and two days after we saw them they posted on Instagram or maybe they were on a podcast or something like that I forget but they were basically like we would love to document like one of these lengths of our tour and I remember this is right before Corona and all mm-hmm. that stuff happened and I was like I will do it for free. Yeah, like, I yeah. love you feed guys. Me. Like, like, just feed just, me. Yeah, D- no, just give me a seat. Like, <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall for these yeah. guys because I I've just looked up to him forever, and I just remember like he liked it, and I was like,
3: <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I'm going. I'm on tour.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's uh when when this whole thing settles down, that's definitely something I I. I Kind of like how not to put myself in your situation at all, but I I had like a, a health scare mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, and I'm kind of at that stage where I was like, I'm ready to live, yeah. and then it's like <laughs> we can't go outside.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what's what's so un- it's so unfortunate to me because it was like literally right right before, yeah,
2: yeah. right so, before.
0: Yeah. So you like got better, and then they're like, oh, go in your house. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to keep that flame lit. I keep like putting my hands over it. So. Yeah. The wind doesn't blow it out but.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll get there and you'll be so happy yeah. to get out there and make photos and see different stuff i think people are going to rejoice whenever oh, the day
0: comes oh, it's, yeah. gonna, it's, be, it's gonna be something years,
1: else we're gonna be psyched
2: definitely
0: so jamie are you strictly polaroid now is that your medium or do you do like 35 or anything else
1: I I do shoot a little bit of everything. I just don't really share it very much anymore. Mm -hmm. So with Polaroid, I found that I feel like myself with it. Like I know myself with Mm. these tools and with this film, which has taken a lot of effort and a lot of money. And I Mm -hmm. love that (laughs) when I invest myself into it, I get a reward back. And it's lucky that it's just something that's takes fifteen minutes to an hour for me to tell, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, but I I still really love to bring my Instax cameras around, and I have um, Nikon, or not Nikon. What am I saying? I've never owned a Nikon.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Canon es One V.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a great camera.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that I can have so many great lenses available to me, mm-hmm. and for um, you know a, a pretty affordable price get some film developed from that but i don't i don't find myself gravitating toward it as much i'm not sure if that's just because the last year has been such a struggle to like Mm -hmm. feel motivated and it was just a habit to pick up my polaroid but when i leave the house i usually have like seven cameras with me yeah yeah (laughs) it takes forever (laughs) to leave the house
2: (laughs) ditto yeah i feel like
1: Um, The instant
0: gratification probably was the the motivation for that. I've been going to like a one hour lab because I'm like, I just want my happiness now. Like, I just want, I don't want to wait. So I get that, like grabbing the Polaroid because you can be like, ah.
1: Moving out to the country too has changed my relationship with my, my 35. Because in Portland, I could just walk down the street and probably get it within the next day or two. And now I have to yeah. like either drive it back to Portland or I have to mail it, wait for them to be mm-hmm. uploaded and then go get my negatives. And there's more of a process to it that I find myself reluctant to participate in. And I have I actually just mailed them yesterday like seven rolls of film from two years ago and I was like, oh how embarrassing. <laughs> like that would be fun wolves. to see what's
0: see what's on it though.
1: Well, you know, the funniest part is like I know where they're from. We were in Mexico for an art residency at the end of twenty nineteen and it's like all the pictures. How could I be at an art residency <laughs> and not get my film developed? <laughs> it's an embarrassment. So <laughs> I'm very excited to see them though.
2: <laughs> I know. I, I've been I've been holding off. Thankfully now we develop once a month with our Patreons and stuff and it's mm-hmm. At least I have that because I am so behind. Like, I think I've turned into... I used to shoot for the final product because, like, I loved the developing process and I loved getting the image and going through them all and then going through them again and finding more pictures out of it. And now I've just turned into, like, a button pusher fiend. Like, I just love, like, oh, I gotta, 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 get get and then... That's so I,
0: crazy to me because I'll finish a role and drive right to the lab. <laughs>
2: like. Dude, I have stuff sitting from... I I I probably knock off like three or six every time. I have so many roles from living in Franklin still that just haven't been developed. One, it kind of hurts a little bit to see him because mm. I miss it. And two, you know, I... I keep jumping ahead to the newer stuff like I know there's a shot on there I have a roll sitting right behind me and I'm like there is a money shot on that and I need to see it and I'm gonna skip the 50 that are in there that need to be because when I when I got my Leica man I was shooting a roll and a half
4: support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. At least
2: a roll of debt. Like, I was just going out and hitting the pavement and going and going and going, and... and now I'm, I think I'm more into composing and pulling the trigger rather than the, I don't know That's when so that switched. There has to be but a I word for that. I used to be that. all about, what's that?
1: Oh, I said there has to be a word for that. Like some yeah. some like beautiful <laughs> yeah. like Norwegian or German word that means like the urge to make the photograph that you can't deny. Yeah, mm.
2: yeah oh i'm sure there is I, w- I wish we had a translator or something <laughs> if there isn't
1: one we should really hop on that i think we could do a lot yeah. for the yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's kind of reminds me of like you know i hate to talk about vivian Mayer again on the show because everybody knows i'm a fangirl <laughs> but <laughs> she, right. she did the same thing essentially she shot all this work didn't develop it they, they found like yeah tons and tons and tons of roles undeveloped
1: that's like a gold mine Just- <laughs> oh i know can't even imagine literally. how cool that would feel <laughs> to like like oh I'm in a development now
0: K- yeah right? whoever job that is like ugh. right
2: <laughs> man there, i don't know there is something about like waiting to see it though like i i do appreciate these these times of taking it slower and waiting—I'm not years yet. I haven't gotten to the years point, but I don't know. There's just something like, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember what I was thinking when I was doing that, like kind of thing that mm-hmm. I never felt before because it was always a rush. And it's funny because I—I preach about shooting film. It's just like everybody needs to shoot film, shoot film, film, film. And here I am, basically shooting a roll, developing a role scanning it, uploading it. It's like, why would I even shoot film if I don't want to enjoy the process of it. Mm. So I've kind of just really tried to slow down on that end of things.
1: Just this morning, I was thinking that exact thing, actually. And kind of to tie back to Chris's question about other types of film that I use, um, I I noticed that I was getting really eager to just be like, there's one role and another and another. And I was like, I could just use my cell phone if I'm not going to (laughs) be. If I'm not going to like actually invest my time to get it developed and see what came of it because I was so excited to make it in the first place what am I doing what do I need to change here to make this feel more like it is an exciting process through and through and I think that is a kind mm-hmm. of a almost like a deterrent now that I'm like oh I developed a, sort of a bad habit for myself um, <laughs> because I would lose roles of film too which is an Maybe Uh (laughs) one of the worst things that a person could do after you spend Uh, so much time and money on it, and like the emotional part of it too. But there is something to be said about getting film back. You know, whether it's weeks or months, in my case, maybe years, (laughs) and being and being transported back to that moment. And that to me is something you really don't get with digital. That's like the most special, um, transcendent thing about this. This approach Mm -hmm. to making photography happen that is so beautiful. I think that's what keeps a lot of people going, too. Yeah.
0: It's like the mystery, almost. Yeah. It's so good.
2: (laughs) I'm such like a grandpa with a digital camera or my cell phone now, too. Like I'm like, how does this thing work? I'm like (laughs) the guy that's like... I cannot take a good picture for the life of me with my iPhone and I don't, not that it's not capable of, of it. I just, my brain forgets that, you know, I zoom with my feet and like, if I, if it doesn't fit in the frame, mm-hmm. I need to back up. Like for some reason when I'm holding my iPhone, it just the other night when it was snowing, I was like, oh, this is gorgeous. I'm going to take an iPhone photo. And I was like, I cannot, I don't <laughs> understand. Like if I had my, you know, RB67 or you know something it would be a whole heck of a lot easier i don't know why i don't know i, I rem- think i broke broke that part of my brain somehow i
0: remember when digital photography was starting to be a thing i was still in high school maybe it was after high school but remember how people when you held your phone like that timothy it's reminding me like digital photography was like this yeah it still is people would hold it away from their eye and that to me was so such a foreign concept and i was like i will never do digital (laughs) lol i totally did (laughs) but i was just like why are they holding a camera like that i I don't how could anybody do that? You know.
2: Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, I feel that way with the with the ZV one too. Like the the same like vlogging camera that we mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Because I'm used to the RX one hundred, I think is what they're called. They have a like an EV uh, electrical viewfinder EVF. That's mm-hmm. what they're called. Mm-hmm. And I could still put it up to my yeah. eye. Yeah. Yeah. With the ZV one, you don't have that option. So it's just like I. It feels weird to to shoot like that. Mm -hmm. I I get that. I totally get that.
1: Yeah. I went into a camera store once years ago. I don't remember what I looked at because I've never been a digital person. I like I'm such a purist and I was so cheap that (laughs) I was like, well, I'm just going to use film cameras. But I went into this this really nice place in Portland and I picked up. Some camera and actually held it up to my eye, and the guy was like, "Oh, you shoot film?" I thought that was so interesting (laughs) because I had never really stopped and and paid attention to the fact that so many people are looking around with just this wacky screen in front of them, Mm -hmm. and that it it changes the relationship um, in the body. And I sort Mm -hmm. of wonder how Mm -hmm. that transition uh, works for people. I don't know. I'm so interested in like the. The emotional intimacy of having a film camera, you're either looking down through it or, you know, holding it up so close. And there's sort of this detachment with the digital realm that makes me wonder about how people treat photography outside of it when they have that kind of physical detachment, even if it's at the end of your arm. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah,
2: because I know, too, I'm guilty of it when shooting like random street photography stuff and... I'll kind of zone, zone focus the lens. Like if I know they're about a foot and a half, two feet away, I'll do that. And I'll try to do the, the no look, like no (laughs) attention towards me. I'm Taking a picture of the mm-hmm. kid crying and yeah. that kind of thing, you know what I mean? It's just that whole, and I always feel so not like weird or guilty for doing it. It just is an unnatural motion of mm-hmm. like swooping your camera without bringing it up and looking at mm-hmm. it type thing. That's that's weird, yeah. <laughs> and usually those photos never work out. I probably <laughs> have about two. It's like I got their feet or the top of their head or something. You know, it just doesn't work. Sometimes
0: you gotta fire it off because you're just like, yeah. if I get it, I oh, get yeah. it. If not, mm-hmm. I tried. You know?
2: Yeah. I have a, <laughs> I, one last note on that. I have a really good photo. I'll have to maybe put it on our Instagram stories once this comes out of, I did that. There's an old man walking with a cane with a big dog and the guy next to him saw me bring the camera up to like quick snap and his middle finger is oh. like up in the air. Like he's, and I caught it <gasps> right at the point where the guy's like, like you're a dick for taking that picture. And I was like, I didn't even see the whole thing happen. And years later, I'm like looking back at the photos and I'm like, he's flicking me off. Like,
0: that's amazing. That's, I that's love great. that. <laughs>
2: that's yeah. so great.
0: Yeah, that's the thing about street photography I have to get better at. Just being like, pop, and then be like, bye. And just keep walking and be like, he's mad. I don't care. I don't care. know how
2: people do it. I don't yeah. know either. I mean, I love doing it. I, I ran around Franklin for, you know, seven or eight years doing it. And it's like, I think of that now, like when... When things start opening back up again, and I can be around people mm-hmm. and do that, I it's gonna be a minute until I get my. It's a little rusty. My, you just got. You'll yeah. get you'll get it back. <laughs> Man, Jamie, I wanted to ask you one last thing. Well, not one last thing, but <laughs> I wanted to ask you: is, is there any sort of end goal? with all of your Polaroid work? Because I love looking at your Instagram. yes, same. It's gorgeous. Do you have any like book ideas? Are you trying to do any sort of... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. course.
1: (laughs) So I have a book that I just finished making. I've self-published it because it was such uh, an intense... Personally, it was a really intense project. So when I was Mm. down at the art residency in Mexico, I had this whole idea. It actually touches on the whole, you know, kind of street photography thing, but... I had this whole idea about what I was gonna make down there and it was a total disaster. The time I spent in Mexico was a very tumultuous experience. I'm really happy that I went there and I learned a lot of lessons about photographing because I didn't get mm. to photograph what I wanted. And what I did do mm. is collect all these photographs of what I didn't intend to photo, like, to go find Uh, so my first book um should be it should be here in my in my hands on friday (laughs) i'm really hoping i'm really excited um it was a serious labor of love to make this thing um i think it's turned out really beautifully the colors are really vibrant you know it's Mexico and (laughs) it's colors everywhere and it was so incredibly hot and bright that I couldn't not make photos while I was there. So the photos that I made are my first collection and that's gonna be my first book. But ultimately I'd like to keep making books. I think that's one of the best ways to interact with photography. If if you're not actually making it yourself or at you know a gallery or at a museum, you get to hold this really intimate object in your hand that has a lot of intention behind it and it's probably one of my favorite things to spend money on is is like the people I admire the most making books whether yeah. they are older yep. or newer same, yep. same
2: here yeah
1: so I don't know what my next collection will be but there's a lot of kind of projects in the back of my mind that I just need to be able to travel to create and yeah. I'm really interested in the desert <laughs> as sort of a as like a, a duality with the way that I live by the sea and mm. like on my website, I just have like the sea and the desert, and I only have a few desert photos from a couple years ago now. But um, I'd like to go back there. I have a ton of FP100C film, and all this expired six six nine, and I want to take those down there and make a book just about that. So fingers crossed. <laughs> In the long run, like I sell, I do sell prints, and I think that's a really rewarding way to feel like I've kind of like done it for myself I've put in the hard work and
4: and people appreciate
1: it and it it just like it puts me over the moon when somebody's like can I have a print of that because it's this recognition that there's something ethereal that other people really Mm -hmm. appreciate about being alive (laughs) and that it's something I can capture and share with them it's such an honor to know that my art can go to other people's homes or that the books that I'm making are going to go to people's homes and, and around the world. So I'm not sure what to do beyond books and prints. <laughs> I'd love to own my own gallery mm-hmm. someday. I think that would be a real blast. Yeah, that's <laughs> a <laughs> that dream. Be, maybe one of the coolest outcomes of like being a, an instant photographer is just having some kind of instant photography gallery. Who knows oh. if that's possible? I don't know if I think I might live in the wrong rural town. So yeah. <laughs> 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 I know.
0: It's like Uh, there's because of the... I mean, this is kind of sad. I don't want to end on a sad note, but like a lot of spots in LA that were like little shops are all closed now. And right on Sunset, when I look at them, I'm like, this would be a great gallery space. This would be a great little lab space. So it could, you know, I hope that out of all this sadness people will be able to bring art and stuff like that into the into the to the world because there's so many spaces and hopefully will be opportunities once once this thing goes away i
1: hope so i think the one thing that's really carried me in the last year is like i've been so overwhelmed By not only the support that people are showing, needing art, needing photography, realizing Mm -hmm. like photography in particular, like you don't have to be an artist to be a photographer and (laughs) it's not vice versa in any way. But like if you want to make photos of what's around you because you're recognizing that life is very fleeting and there's something to be said about having a tangible object to remember something or someone by that it's so many people are like that's at the forefront of their minds. and. It gives me so much hope when I hear that, you know, and people are like, oh, I bought a Polaroid because I saw you were out shooting your Polaroids and, yeah. and I like, you know, took it of to my grandma and my girlfriend and whoever and my dog. And, you know, you look back 20 years down the line and like, that is the most precious gift that you can give yourself. And if the pandemic is something that's causing people to think that way, that's maybe one of the best possible things that could have happened to humanity. Right. It. it fills me with a lot of love to know that that is important to people. And I hope that with that kind of energy, they can turn it towards recognizing that there's value in this beyond just taking it at home or taking a hike or going on a walk. And that art does have a place in society and and as part of the human experience. And and it's worth celebrating. Mm, So
0: well said. Holy smokes. (laughs) That's great. That was really good. Yeah.
2: We'll be right back with some listener questions for Jamie right after this message from our sponsor.
0: Support for Analog Talk comes from Polaroid. Use the promo code ANALOGTALK10 on your first purchase on film at polaroid.com.
2: Just wanted to pop in and remind you guys about our Developing With Us. It is a Patreon-only exclusive. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. We have a bunch of other stuff over there. Check it out and we'll catch you at the end of the show. All right, guys, this is the
0: part of the show where we take a question from, well, we're going to do two of our listeners this this time for Jamie. This question comes from TJ Armstrong, and they ask, what is your process on how you scan your Polaroids? Do you use a flatbed scanner? This is
1: a very frequently asked question. I need to put something on the internet to help people, (laughs) I think. But I have, I'm looking at it right now. It's the flatbed Epson V500 and... It's, as far as I'm concerned, a phenomenal art scanning and photograph scanning tool. It can be a little bit pricey up front, but I do think it pays itself off if you're using it frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I scan, I scan in uh, two different ways. I'll scan JPEGs and I'll scan a TIFF and I'll scan in at 300 DPI because that's how I like to upload things to the Internet. And then 600 if I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about maybe printing something down the line. If I have a photo that I really fall in love with that I'd like to print for myself, I I usually will do 1200. Um, I don't think that's necessary. Mm. Most printers, like online printers, for instance, if you're not going through a really good shop, will take like a three or 600 dpi image and and it'll look great but um i scan in i don't use the epson software because it's an older model and i couldn't find it for my new computer (laughs) so (laughs) i just use image capture (laughs) on my macbook pro and it's a great alternative Mm -hmm. i find it actually for me is a little bit better than the old scanning software that i had from epson and um I just scan them straight. I don't actually edit anything. I'll bring them into Photoshop and I'll crop them down. Occasionally, I need. usually when I put them in, I don't use a scanning adapter. I just um, place them down on the glass and kind of let them get in there. They get all wonky. So I usually have to rotate and then crop and then we're good to go. From time to time, I do notice that I need to brighten with the frame because it can look a little bit muddy. And I think that's because the scanner is a little bit on the older side. But otherwise, they're straight mm-hmm. out of the camera and straight out of the scanner.
2: It's cool. Yeah, they're, they're a good size, too. It's it's you can really get the detail out of it when you scan them. It's
0: always so tempting to, like, brighten them up if they're a little exposed. <laughs> 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 I was like, Make you it know, just look people want to do that. Like,
1: people should. It's like, what makes you yeah, feel good? I like, if you're going to you're going to feel like yeah. really psyched that your photo benefits from a boost of brightness or contrast i think people should and like i might be an analog purist Definitely. But I think yeah what makes you feel proud of that work is what's going to speak for itself so go for it
2: love that yeah. good answer yep all right we got one more for you this one comes from subtropical underscore trash and he wanted to know <laughs> how might your style slash approach change if you lived in a more urban. Sh- Slash Boy. city environment. I knew
1: he was gonna ask a question and I didn't know it was gonna be this tough because that is <laughs> a tough question. I lived in an urban area. I lived in Portland for about fourteen years and in college I was in San Francisco, which I recently unearthed the Polaroids from. They're all spectra and they look like garbage I was Ooh. not good at it. <laughs> I was <laughs> taking a lot of pictures of of cement i honestly, I think it would be a challenge for me to go into a city now, after really feeling like I've gotten my feet wet and I'm doing a good job working in a natural landscape. But I do really appreciate architecture. that's something I don't know a lot about, but around here, like the West Coast doesn't have as much stuff that I find as appealing as I'm from back east. I don't think it's quite as appealing as yeah. um some of the architecture you could find in other really beautiful cities. But that's not, um, that's not a deterrent mm. from wanting to capture like the angles and the sort of the chaos and the energy that comes with that. I think I might be more interested in photographing people in an urban environment, which is something I yeah. don't like to photograph. I'm not a big fan of, of that. But in a city environment, I think there's sort of the, there's like this hum. There's a hum that comes from being around complete strangers and being totally anonymous that sort of warrants this this thought mm. process of being like, well, I can snap that. Nobody's gonna be bummed and it'll kinda of be my little slice of, of uh like secrecy. And that's one thing I do admire about people who enjoy working in cities and, and in urban places or suburban places in particular, fascinating to me. I think that's a really, really interesting mm-hmm. um like subgenre of photography that's kind of popular right now.
3: Yeah.
1: But that being said I also think that if I was in an urban area, I would, put a, I would use a lot more black and white film. And the person who asked this is, is a great example of somebody who loves to use black and white film. And it's really inspiring for me because I see atmospheric change in color. And you can't capture that quite as well around, at least not in the Northwest, because our skies are so diffused that like everything kind of gets flat, you know? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. I'm going to think about this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need to go to town and <laughs> try it out and just see what happens. Maybe a lot of pigeon photos. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Got to love the pigeons.
0: Great answer. Great questions. questions. But now we have even harder questions. <laughs> Should I ask it? Ask. Please do. Yeah, yeah. If you had to pick one camera, your desert island camera, you can only use one for the rest of your life, what would it be and
1: why? So I knew you were going to ask this because I listened to your show. (laughs) And I was like, man, what camera would it be? And I thought about it for like three days straight. I'm not lying. Because I was like, man, there's so many advantages of this and this and this. And I was like, it's gonna be the SLR 680. It's, I was, (laughs) I was like, oh, it could be my EOS 1V or my Olympus, um, Stylus Epic, because that's my, like, favorite kind of pick up and go camera. (laughs) But at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. I'd be most satisfied with the Polaroid. It's the perfect tool. Yeah. I would be surprised yeah. <laughs> if you didn't pick a Polaroid. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah it's, it's uh, like,
1: wait uh, a second. It's <laughs> one 8x10. T- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, There was actually a... S-
2: I still need a 680. Oh, that's that's one I need. I've yet. only
1: had it for a year. The SX-70s were in my family for a long time, and I've acquired a few, but the the 680, it's totally changed things for me i feel like it's just you can feel mm. the like depth of care that was put into building those so yeah. if anybody's on the fence if you're on the fence and you really think you want one keep your eyes peeled because they're out there for really cheap there's one for 25 dollars on ebay the other day and somebody bought it
0: oh, mm-hmm. of course <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> i haven't looked in a while i i i to say what are they going
0: for
1: oh boy a lot like
2: Yeah, Yeah. Are they like in
1: the five hundreds or five hundred plus? For some reason, Polaroid had one with the fragment like etching on it for seventeen hundred dollars. What I know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if it was like plated in gold or like whale teeth or something. (laughs) (laughs) If I if
0: I ever won the lottery, I would just I would buy all of the cameras, you Mm -hmm. know, like everything that there ever is. Same. Just to to like look at that price tag and be like, yeah, boop, (laughs) I can do that. No
2: big deal. <laughs> but it, it's true. If you if you look on eBay every once in a while, you'll find one that'll pop up that's like untested, da 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 for like two hundred bucks or something, but
0: that untested, oof, dangerous. It is. Yeah.
2: That's
1: a slippery slope. Sometimes,
0: because because to me, I feel like they say untested because they know it's broken. Yeah, right. They know is that that? Yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's always like we don't have film to test it. It's like okay, <laughs> all right.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> no, well, Jamie, this has been awesome. Oh, we didn't do the white oh! whale. <laughs> it has been. It has been awesome. But we have one more question. <laughs> are you Are you dreaming of any cameras? Any white whales? Um, did you think about this part?
1: I did. I thought about this so much. <laughs> so I saw, Chris, that you've got an Intrepid and you're getting your little bits and pieces as they come. And yeah. I really, really, really want an Intrepid 4x5, but also an 8x10. But I, I feel like the mm. style that I like to make photographs in would really benefit from large format stuff. And I haven't touched that since I was, like, a freshman in college. And it's, you know, a totally different world. I have a lot of respect for the intensity and the determination it takes to make photographs with those tools. Um, People are making absolutely bonkers photos with Intrepid. yes, yes, Yes. yes. I'm just like salivating over them. I'm just like, give it to me, please. (laughs) So my hope is that we get a stimulus check and I'm just going to blow it on camera stuff. (laughs) That's like like low key. I'm like,
0: they're going to give me a stimulus check, but I know what I'm going to spend my money on. It's going to go to film or another camera or something.
2: Not groceries and rent, you know? Come on.
1: (laughs) In my mind, I'm like, should I pay down my entire credit card or Or should I Or that's what I really should do.
0: (laughs) That's what I should do. Yeah.
1: No, cameras is just so much more fun.
2: There's no fun in that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah don't pay rent. Um, <laughs> I was driving back from the grocery store and I was like, oh, that's the one. I do want an RF-70. Do either of you have one?
2: No, I wish. What is that?
1: It's made by Mint. It's an Min.
2: Instax Wide Range Finder. Oh, cool, yeah. oh, cool, 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 cool.
1: It takes great pictures. Um, there's a few people who are doing a lot of work just just like for fun um Anthony hands down in Australia is using that pretty frequently he's a great um, knowledge uh resource for that camera but I think it'd be really fun to have something that's a little bit cheaper than Polaroid to kind of blow through a pack of film with but also get a lot of sharpness and and like I love the control over a fully manual camera that's like really dreamy to me so maybe I'll maybe one day After I spend too much money on
2: another camera, I'll use
1: like four (laughs) times before I'm totally overwhelmed.
2: (laughs) I'm right there there with with you with that one.
0: Well, I hope you get into large format. I would love to see what you create in that in that medium
1: thanks there's the new lomography graph lock back for intrepid which yes. is a huge incentive for me yes yes i think a lot of people are going to just like lose it over that i've seen a few yeah. examples like ben um from an in instant has been posting yeah. his they're just oh they're so
0: gorgeous <laughs> what, it, what what was what's crazy is i feel like i'm that was one of the reasons why i was like i need to get into large format like lumography has like put me over the edge to be
2: like <laughs>
0: not only have been like surrounded by people who are who are like really great at large format, but then I've got a chance to play with that and I was like, What am I doing? I need to be a part of this.
2: Yeah, I can't wait. I saw it got pushed back a little bit again until like July or something. So it it'll get here soon. But
0: Yeah, and it's gonna be so fun.
2: I'm so excited. And now
0: I have a, a, f- a f- I have a four yes. by five now. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm so excited.
1: You do. <laughs> Oh man, did you get all your parts?
0: I have I for the most part I have I got a lens and I got film carriers, but I need I need like I want to get everything the dark this is my universal like I notice when I say dark slide <laughs> yeah. I like do, nobody can see but I like do a little hand flip over my head. <laughs> um <laughs> and I want to get a, I got to get a loop and, and I think I, and then oh a shutter release I got to get. There's so many little things mm-hmm. you got to get. Mm-hmm. But it's all been exciting, just piecing it all together. So
2: yeah, that's great. It's such
0: a baller looking it's camera, great. though. It like you know, it, it ah, when I did the unboxing, I was like, oh, okay, because <laughs> it's so it's just so light and so pretty, and yeah,
1: yeah. If we if we think Polaroids are like a conversation piece, people are gonna lose their minds when they start seeing more large format mm-hmm. people walking yeah. around in the world. And there should be more of us. More people should be like, ooh, yeah. I want to do that. And I hope that there is a lot of positive response with this incentivization of a, of a like Instax back because yes. it's just going to be. I have a lot of daydreams about a lot of photos and a lot of projects, and <laughs> yes, a lot of them yes. are in like huge form. So I'm really crossing my fingers that that'll all come together in the oh, short man. term, and maybe not the long term.
0: It's that's almost like the best part of it all, right? Like I, I, I like long term life things. Like I can't wait to photograph my kids, you know, and like do I can't wait to like. I was talking about somebody asked if I have any more zines in the works and I was thinking about like what if I did a like a book would be like a life goal. And mm. now I was like, oh, I have I a life that. goal now because I said it, you know, like and it's just it's just never ending. And I it just it's just, you know, amazing. Well, the cool thing is like
1: positive manifestation, you know, like, yeah, you, yep. want it, you say it out loud, you give it to yourself. And I don't know what's happening in the cosmic universe, but I do think with photography, it tends to come back to us. Positive
0: intentions, yeah. you know. Yeah, and also like the the large format thing, I kind of mentioned it in, in my video. It's like I it was on a I put it on a pedestal for some reason. Like I was mm. like I'm not I can never do that. That's that's like for the the really good people, the really professional people. And you know, thankfully, like Intrepid makes it more affordable, obviously, so that that isn't the barrier, you know. But it was a barrier in my create. Like I didn't think that I deserved. I don't know. It was, I I didn't mm. even realize I felt that way until I was like opening the box. Yeah. You know. Wow. So, there's just like any advice to anybody open yourself up to the things you think that aren't, you know, like try mm-hmm. try it, try it, you know? Yes. If it's not for you, it's not for you, but nothing is like unreachable, if that, if that's, if I'm making any sense, guys, I'm sorry. Absolutely. But, well, yeah. Totally. You know, yeah. like
1: mm-hmm. Every, everything's a- attainable. Uh, you just have to put one foot in front of the other, and yes. know, it's as simple as that. Sometimes it can feel really overwhelming. I felt very similarly, Chris, about large format stuff um, for a long time, and then I was like, "Oh, that's really my own undoing." There's no reason mm-hmm. to miss out on this really, this really special way of of capturing time. Like film is magic, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, and agreed. To get something so big out of it is like. Mind-bogglingly yes. cool, and we can make that happen within ourselves. So I can't wait to see what you do. I'm so excited. Aww, thanks. <laughs> I'm like ugh, ugh. <laughs> So good.
0: Well, do you have any other questions for Jamie, Timothy? No. I, I think... think this has been phenomenal. Yeah. I feel I'm like I'm the Jones in now. I'm like ugh. fired up. <laughs> yes, fired up. <laughs> I know. I like want to go take pictures. It's dark out, but tomorrow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, where can everybody
1: check out your work, Jamie? Um, you have a website, Instagram, all that stuff? I do. I have a website. It's jamieswick.com. And on Instagram, it's just at jamieswick. And um, next week, I'm going to load my book if people are interested on, yes. online. Yeah. And um, it's going to be awesome. It's like 50 photos of Polaroid in, in color. I'm so psyched. Oh, that's yes. So Let good. us know so we we'll, we'll like put the in our
0: stories and people oh, can swipe up and get it amazing yeah. oh my
1: god <laughs> that would be so cool <laughs> yeah i just i don't use any other social media stuff just those but um i'm on there a lot so if anybody ever has questions feel free to shoot me a message um, and i'm
2: like top polaroid
1: yay awesome. Timothy, where are you?
2: Alright guys, I'm on Instagram. It's at Timothy Makeups. I also make film photography related YouTube videos. Easiest way to find it is go to the search bar, type in Timothy Makeups. You'll find a bunch of stuff there. Chris, where are you?
0: So I'm Chris B. Photo on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We are analog talk pod on Twitter and Analog Podcast on Instagram. And we have a fun Facebook group you can join and share stuff and talk to each other we're on uh, clubhouse
2: <laughs> yes yeah, we are every Wednesday we're
0: trying to come on clubhouse more often so I guess we announced those but you'll see us yeah. we'll be there come say hi come we'll talk be there. come join our ch- join our room yeah that's yeah. it Jamie thank you again thank you thank you thank you thanks for having me it was so much fun awesome we'll see you guys in the next one take care guys
2: bye, bye. bye. bye first off, Chris and I would like to thank Jamie for coming on the show. It's great getting to chat with you, learn about your Polaroids, how you got into photography. It was such a good time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jamie. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Like I said at the beginning and the middle of the show, we have a bunch of stuff over there. We started doing our Sunday. It's the third Sunday of the month developing nights. It's a lot of fun. It's a Patreon only exclusive. We do have a bunch of other stuff over there. So head over and check it out. Guys, that's going to be it for this week. Thanks for listening. and we'll see you soon.
3: Later!